As always, keeping it 100. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast. Here to talk about chapter 100, (laughs) The Jughead Paradox. We've made it. It's 100 episodes of Riverdale, but not 100 episodes of Sex Archie. No, no, no. We passed that line a long time ago. We are much cooler than that. (laughs) We did it before it was the thing to do. Getting to 100 episodes, that's a thats a craze that all the kids are jumping on. We are on the cutting edge of getting 100 episodes. Yeah, yeah. I think we got beat by the news, like, a long Psh, time ago. No but, one rewatches the news. <laughs> imagine if someone did, though. <laughs> oh my god, this is my favorite episode, I, and it's the Kennedy assassination. I'm gonna start from the beginning. <laughs> It's like those people who are like, where should I start with Doctor Who? And they're like, where should I start with the news? Do you start from the beginning? Do you start from the middle? Or do you start from, well, I think you can start from the reboot. Yeah, yeah. A new producer came in on the news this year, and it's it's a. In 1993, that seems like a good place to jump in. You'll really capture what's going on in the world. Yeah, some people do say that the beginning of the news is the end of history. Yeah, 1993 is perfect. 1993, yes. Anyhow, this episode, this episode is written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and directed by Gabriel Coria. Oh boy, is it! Together again, back at it at Krispy Kreme, just like in the first Rivervale episode. I feel like they uh, snorted some jingle jangle before this and just had a fun ride. This is one of the densest Riverdale episodes, one of the fastest paced Riverdale episodes. I'm expecting to talk about it all goddamn night. All throughout this episode, I was like, I don't know if this episode has been going for 45 minutes or five minutes. I can't tell. What is time? What is time? We should have been putting up tally marks during the commercial breaks just to gauge where we were in the narrative. Who the fuck knows? So we begin with a disembodied Jughead narration for the first time in Rivervale history. Yeah. And he tells us that this is not an imaginary story. This really happened. As we see the Rivervale sign. And a body on the highway in front of it. Definitely a dead body. Not De- an alive body. Yeah, A yeah. dead body. And then we, we cut to Archie, who is awake. And Jughead, the narrator, is like, that's right, Archie Andrews has come back from the dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What the fuck? He's supposed to be dead. He he wakes up with a start and disturbs Betty next to him, who says that, oh, yeah, she had a bad dream, too, about Archie being sacrificed. <laughs> Meanwhile, Fangs and Tony wake up from bed, and they shared a dream about the, the La Llorona plot in episode two. Veronica and Reggie dreamed about Reggie being snatched straight to hell. <laughs> And Cheryl and Nana shared a dream about them swapping souls and then Nana, Nana Cheryl dying so Cheryl Nana could live. I had the most frightful dream, child. (laughs) Yes, Cheryl is a frightful dream child. That's true. (laughs) And then we go to Jughead. Jughead, who who wakes up and hears ticking Mm -hmm. and looks under the bed and there's nothing there. 
And the thing is, is he has woken up in Archie's bed, mm-hmm. in Archie's house. Mm-hmm. And so then he starts to go down the stairs, and then the bomb explodes. <laughs> and it sends him flying down the stairs, and then he wakes up again in Archie's garage. With filthy feet. Disgusting. So then he goes home to his apartment with Tabitha, and she's all like, hey, how'd you sleep? And he's like, I don't. No, not well. Probably probably bad. I walked I, all the way to Archie's house. I, I woke up in Archie's garage. I guess I was sleepwalking. She treats you, this as so normal. She's not worried at all. And apparently she had no idea he wasn't home all night. <laughs> Did not care. Is not concerned that he walked around barefoot. Not concerned that he disappeared all night. Not concerned that he sleepwalking but it's totally normal he's just really stressed because it's his first day back teaching high school and Jughead's like wait I'm what now (laughs) and this is amazing we we go to him walking into the high school with that breakfast song uh breakfast club song playing don't you forget about me the official soundtrack to high schools everywhere yes as he's walking through the halls he sees all his friends, but as teens in the halls of the school. And I'm so pretty Ke- sure, I'm pretty sure they didn't like dress them all up in their old costumes. I think they are somehow like stitching present day Cole Sprouse into season one and season two footage. Some of it, yes. Some of it, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we first see like Kevin with Betty and Veronica. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Part of me is wondering, actually, if they did dress them up. And here's why. is because the costumes that Kevin, Betty, and Veronica are wearing mm-hmm. are the costumes they wear the, in the epi- first episode where Veronica goes to school for the first time. Yeah. And she meets them all and Betty's supposed to give her the tour and, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all that. But that's not how they walk down the hallways in that episode. They are not friends that are clinging and giggling on each other at that's that true. point. That's and true. And those are the outfits they're wearing. Maybe it's the makeup or something, because they just look so young. They do. Well, even even Cole Sprouse in this, I feel like, looks yeah, so much younger yeah. throughout the episode. But then but we also go, and here's th- why I also think they're not stitched. Okay. 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 He looks in the music room, and we see Archie with Miss Grundy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which, oh my god, what the fuck? And that's when you know this is going to be special. This is going to be a special episode. Archie winks at Jughead in the door. That is something that never happened. That's true. That's true. Which is why I think everyone's, these are all the actors dressed up and they're not like, you know, CGI-ing shit together. And in hindsight, it's a very telling wink for the story of this episode. Yes. But but yeah, if you wanted some season one callbacks, th- this, this is this is it. But okay, we're episode th- one hundred tribute. That's what it's all about. We're spoiler. Mm-hmm. Joaquin doesn't fucking come back. <laughs> well, Joaquin was barely in the first season. I would like to just say this whole entire episode has a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm upset that Midge doesn't come back, but you don't hear me yelling about it. You might hear me yelling about it later. I'm going to yell about this more later, but I'm just... Spoiler. Um, So yes, Jughead is walking through season one Riverdale High. The only season two touch, really, is that Tony is uh, in her high school clothes, but she didn't join this student body until uh, uh, Southside High closed midway through season two. Thank you very much. Um, He also bumps into Reggie. Mm -hmm. We, We both were like... But wait, that's not season that's one, Reggie. The, that's the wrong Reggie. That's, Come on. that's current Reggie. What the fuck? 
And, uh, of course, uh, Cheryl gives him the stink eye mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. season one, Cheryl hated Jughead. Yes. Uh, so does season two, <laughs> three, four, and five, Cheryl. Uh, so then we go to him in the school bathroom, washing his face, very much like camera over the shoulder into the mirror, like when he is showering and liver- living under the stairs and Archie, like, talks to him. Very much that angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's not Archie that comes out of the bathroom stall. It is Ben fucking Button. Ben Button has more lines than ever in this episode, which also confirms that he poops. <laughs> we didn't know that before. I am so glad that Jughead's like, Ben Button, because I was like, who the fuck is this chatty boy? And why is he seven feet tall? He's so fucking tall. (laughs) So fucking tall. But Jughead is in total disbelief. He's like, hey, didn't you jump out of the window that one time? And he's like, no, that wasn't me. You're thinking of that teacher from the rich kid school across the way. And Jughead's like, like, no, no, you sacrificed yourself to the gargoyle king. First. You started the whole jumping out of windows thing. You're right. A lot of people jump around windows in my life, but you started it. And he's like, mm, maybe you hallucinated. You know, that's like that's like a sign of paranoid schizophrenia. Have an awesome day. That's it. That's, Stay cool. That's all the pause he has between those two statements. I think you might be losing your mind. Chill out, bro, Seth. Like, <laughs> what? What? Jughead goes to catch up with all of his friends, the teacher versions, Mm -hmm. which also exist here. In the lounge, of course. Betty is, you know, updating everyone on the wedding plans, and he's like, who's getting married? And everyone's like, oh, Jughead, you silly goose. Archie and Betty are getting married this weekend, you loser. And Archie's like, you're you're the best man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everyone's very... uh, uh, confused about Jughead's sudden memory issues uh, when the phone rings. And it's Dr. Curdle Jr. Calling specifically for Betty. And he's like, hey, Betty, so here's the deal. I got a corpse. And this corpse is Jughead Jones's corpse. <laughs> and she's like, no, the fuck it ain't. I'm like looking at him and he's very much alive. And she's like, you know what, Dr. Curdle Jr.? If you are that upset about not being invited to my wedding, you just need to get the fuck over it. <laughs> she like slams down the phone and says, stop harassing me. But the point is, why wouldn't you invite him? He's so much fun. He's like your best friend. He, he is Betty's only work friend. Betty's only work friend is the the crooked morgue attendant that lets her look at bodies for bribes. So, wait, we need to actually talk about this. Because in Rivervale, Dr. Curdle Jr. is actually the family practitioner. And also the morgue guy. And also the morgue guy. It's a small town. He pulls double duty. Who is not only Betty's OBGYN. Yes. But he has her on speed dial for corpses. He's cradle-to-grave care, okay? Dr. Curdle Jr. (laughs) does it all. Okay, if I was going to be a doctor, I would want to be cradle-to-grave. Yes, come in. Oh, don't ignore that room over there. That's where we keep the bodies on ice, child. Now, I see you're here for strep throat. (laughs) Oh, you'll make a full recovery. Why wouldn't you? (laughs) I should hope so. It's strep throat. Did you want to look at coffins while you're here? But we have a sale. Look, okay, imagine it's your wedding. It's the reception. 
Nobody's mingling. Nobody's getting out on the dance floor. You know what you do? Step one, invite Dr. Curdle Jr. Step two, put some Josie goddamn McCoy on there. He knows all the choreography and will get that dance floor a bouncing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know he's good with kids. <laughs> he's a pediatrician. He's going to like do a conga line with a, a flower girl and everybody's going to think it's adorable. I bet Dr. Curdle Jr., Knows magic tricks? He definitely knows magic he's gonna tricks. Make, he's going to be at the wedding. He's going to be like a animals. dove out of like his sleeve. Have you seen his casual clothes? He knows magic tricks. Like if if they wanted, he could be the ring bearer and he could go up there and be like, oh, what's this behind your ear? It's your wedding ring. Darling, I want to marry you again just so I can invite Dr. Curdle Jr. <laughs> I think... He would be our competition for um, uh, what we've always said that, you know, how we should be hired to be the life of the party at the wedding. Like, we will keep that dance floor going. With no shame. He is our competition. Incredibly embarrassing dance moves. Oh, yeah. Like, if you are worried that your reception will not be a party, just invite us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, We will attend for uh, airfare, lodging, and food. Yeah. But anyway, none of that's in the episode, so fuck you. So so Jughead's like, hey, Betty, what was that about? And he's l- Betty's like, oh, Dr. Curdle says you're dead, like, in his office. And he's like, gotta go check that out. Someone substitute for me. Yeah, I mean, you'd be curious, right? Like, right? Uh, so he shows up, and Dr. Curdle's like, it can't be. You're alive. <laughs> So Jughead asks to, to, you know, unzip the body bag and take a look. I get, I mean, he is next of kin. First of kin? I I don't know. If if someone's going to identify the body, it's going to be him. Yep, that's me, all right. So he unzips it and suddenly all the glass in the room starts to crack because of the Blinovich limitation effect. And the lights flicker and Dr. (laughs) Curdle is like, it's a paradox. He's a very well-trained doctor. Um, so Dr. Curdle fills him in, because he already did the autopsy, that, uh, this Jughead died by asphyxiation. He was strangled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he was found on the lonely highway on the edge of town by the sign. Um, and so then he gives Jughead as, you know, the next of kin his stuff. Yeah, I guess this box of personal effects belongs to you? I mean, it, okay. Uh, and, uh, Jughead tells him to keep himself on ice the body the body not not like me not living me but like dead me that way hang on to him don't get don't cremate him yet (laughs) so jughead goes out to the town sign on the lonely highway at the edge of town and he walks up in front of the rivervale sign new uh uh, slogan there's no place like home with a little infinity sign yes and then he walks around the edge and on the back is that sign in reverse I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> Except it says Riverdale, the town with pep. And it has the little icon of pops. But all, you know, backwards mirror writing. So then Jughead's like, okay, next thing to do, look through this bag of shit I was given. And uh, it seems that the dead body was clutching a comic book titled Rivervale. And on the Rivervale comic is what looks to be uh, cake toppers of Betty and Archie getting married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So, of course, Jughead goes to his own comic book collection, the ones that, you know, Archie lugged up the stairs. Into his apartment. Mo- moving in with uh, uh, Tabitha. And it turns out he actually reads his goddamn comics for once, and I was wrong. He might have more comics with him in them than I do. <laughs> Voiceover comes that, like, the impossible was happening. The- these comic books are about him and his friends. Actually, I take it back. I have way more than 100 Archie issues all told. I mean, yeah, I have like what? Like we have an entire shelf Archie just digests, of digests. Like triple stacked. The, all the best of volumes, all the, the modern Archie stuff. Like, yeah, cute collection, Jughead. Call, call me when you grow up a little bit. Join, join the big leagues. Jughead's looking through his comics, mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure out, like, why was his doppelganger clutching this comics? And as he's pulling different comics out, we're seeing past references to other episodes. Yeah, most of his collection, the first 95 issues, are titled Riverdale, and every cover refers to a, a memorable episode of Riverdale. Like, we see Dark Betty uh, uh, delivering the sticky maple on, on one of them. We see Jason's corpse under the water. Yeah, yeah. That could be at least eight different episodes. I don't know. So he sits down and he starts reading through them from the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then he gets to Archie helping him move the comics in, and he keeps going, and then he gets to him reading the comics right there at the table and it's one of those like picture inside the picture inside the picture inside the picture just spiraling inward uh uh, just hands and pages going uh into infinity i guess this episode might have been ghost written by uh grant morrison great to see (laughs) your work love you very much and then every page after that moment is blank because it hasn't happened yet so then tabitha comes home yes and he's like Okay, girlfriend, here's the deal. I think I'm in a parallel universe. I think you're in a parallel All of this is a parallel universe. Maybe I'm hallucinating, but these comics are about us. Mm-hmm. And again, he's like, the first 95 are about Riverdale. And then there's an explosion that happens in the comics. And then it's Rivervale. And I think Rivervale is a parallel universe to Riverdale. And this is where I really disagree with Jughead. He describes Vale as the darker and nastier uh, uh, pair to Dale. No way in hell. Because <laughs> as as this episode goes, like, even in this point, I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. Like, the only thing that's different is everybody thinks magic is much more real than it is in Riverdale. And But as it goes on, we learn that there was never a Black Hood here. None of the serial killers... Nobody gets killed all the time. Like, this is the happy place with witches. That's it. So he makes Tabitha read them, and she does. And she has the same reaction to him of, like, I remember these things, but, like, I don't. And, like, what happened here and, like, what didn't? Very confusing. This is the biggest difference, I think, between me and and Mr. Head. I would never demand my partner read a 99-issue series (laughs) and then sit down and watch while you do it, just, like, waiting. Just, like, tapping your fingers, like... (laughs) So what you think? Do you need a snack? Can I get you some water? Can you read faster? Like, I I might suggest a a six- or eight-issue limited-run series because that's my favorite length for a comic, personally, but I would never demand you read even that. That's because you 
You know I wouldn't. It would take like 20 years. <laughs> Jughead takes us on the road. And first he goes to Betty and Archie. Mm-hmm. He asks if Archie remembers the explosion. And at first he's like, no, I did it. And Betty's like, but wait, you had a dream about that, didn't you? And he's like, yep, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. So then he goes to uh, Veronica and Reggie. Veronica's like, this is impossible. Uh, this shows my father terrifying the town, but he died before my quinceanera. I was so crushed that I had to cancel the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> but Reggie doesn't care about his girlfriend's uh, uh, <laughs> mental anguish. Reggie's like, how come I look different? <laughs> I look different in these than these. What the fuck? <laughs> uh-huh. and, and now I'm really feeling like, oh, man, what a missed opportunity to not have Charles Melton earlier in this episode. Uh, and so then they're like, hey, have you showed these to Cheryl? And so he does. And she's like, so let me get this straight. Kevin Keller and Moose Mason found my brother while canoodling in the woods. Which dead. is weird, because my brother ain't dead. And Jughead's like, no, no, your brother is totally dead. Your, your whole thing is that your brother is dead. He's like, you, you like, talked to his corpse for months. We had eight funerals for that boy. He's goddamn dead. We did, like, an in-memoriam in the yearbook. And she's like, nuh-uh, my brother's alive. And then you know what happened? Jason Blossom walks through those fucking doors in his little tennis outfit. And he's like, oh, hey, Jughead. Didn't know you were here. What's up? And he speaks. His first words are just like talking to Jughead. Like, I nicely. I nicely. Kind of, I kind of respect the choice to not make his only spoken words in 100 episodes important or notable or like any sort of metatextual winking. He's just doing pleasantries when you have a guest in your home. And honestly, what I like is that it is pleasantries because like, you know, in like Rivervale, if like Jughead and Jason interacted back before the first episode that he would have been like a jackass like Cheryl was. Yes. But this like almost makes it more horrifying to Jughead that like, what the fuck? Not only is he alive, but he's being fucking nice. He's, he's kind of normal. He just really wants his sister to get a move on so they can go play tennis doubles. He calls her Cher Cher. Cher Cher. Cher Cher and JJ. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. But it's a it's a kind of thing that I think fits for the character. I Yes. This, this is when I start to pick up on... Uh, some language throwbacks, too. Oh, when Cheryl calls Jughead hobo? Yes. Yes? It's like, oh, we are throwing it back. Every show that reaches 100 episodes, is that, that one's going to be full of throwbacks, full of tributes. Yep. Uh, so Jughead goes back to the school and pulls out the yearbook. And guess what's in the yearbook? The in memoriam for Jason Blossom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what he realizes is though these universes have diverged... They have not erased everything. So he says to himself, quote, I need to sharpen my knowledge of parallel universes. So then we go to Reggie, who is comforting Veronica by giving her a back rub. Because mm-hmm. she's very stressed out about all this talk about uh, her father. And Reggie's like, yeah, Donnie Darko's the worst. <laughs> Get pulling it back. Like episode mm-hmm. fucking one. But then we're interrupted by a knock on the door. And you know what's at that door? It is a man saying, hey, babe, miss me? And it's the other fucking Reggie! Both Reggies are in this episode, but, like, 
15, 20 minutes separated from when I expected it. And I, I respect the swerve. Oh! I respect it. Because they had me so certain it was not happening. And then it fucking happened. <laughs> I just gotta say, they kept this such a secret. I saw no spoilers about this. Uh-huh. I saw nothing like, no leaks. And again, episode 100, big milestone, end of Rivervale. A lot of things led to this episode having a lot of promo come out. And so this is especially when I was really like, oh shit, Joaquin, I can finally get Joaquin. You know what? No, I don't fucking get Joaquin. Nobody gets Joaquin. Because they're fucking assholes. No midge either. (laughs) No midge either. So back at school, in the school library, uh, apparently a a school library that has a specific book that has all you need to know about the real life thing of parallel universes. It was checked out years ago and never returned. And he's like, do you know who checked it out? She's like, yes, Dilton Doily. And he's like, damn it, he's dead. And she's like, no, he's not. He teaches down the hall, actually. He's the physics teacher. He's your co-worker, Mr. Jones. Fuck you. Which, question, this lady who's the librarian, has Mm -hmm. she ever been in an episode before? I do not think so, no. She seems like someone that would have, but I don't think she has. It should have been the lady that played... uh, Grundy? No, no, the the school um, secretary Uh. that was in every third or fourth episode for two seconds, you know? So he goes down the hall. And uh, there is Dilton with long hair. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ethel's his teaching assistant. Ethel's there, too. And so uh, Jughead lays out his theory to the both of them once more. And instead of being met with disbelief, because, like, he didn't bring his 99 issues of evidence with him, Dilton says, I believe you. Yeah, I get it. You're absolutely right. Quote, I know a thing or two about parallel universes. Jughead's like, wait, what? <laughs> Like, you... Okay, cool. So, like, let me tell you my theory here is that the explosion did it. That's mm-hmm. That was the starting point of the parallel universes. They have some back and forth conversations about parallel universes. Uh, Dilton pointing out that, like, well, typically it would be mirror image of it. But You this know, seems like, like Star Trek. This seems like warping, mm-hmm. which is very uncommon in parallel universes. And I'm like, how the fuck would you know? <laughs> as, as the conversation moves forward to, you know, what is to be done, Dilton, in his expert opinion, is just like, nothing. Just leave it be. Just live your life. You got a good life here. Just live, laugh, and love, Jughead. Just, just let it be. Uh, and he's like, no, I became aware for a reason. There's there's a reason I know about this. And like, what about other Jughead? Dead Jughead. That's like a paradox. Mm-hmm. And Dilton's like, eh, it's an anomaly. It's fine. Like, <laughs> just, just live your life. Go with the flow. Look at me. I grew four feet of hair while I was dead. <laughs> Why is Dilton's hair so long? Because the actor grew his hair? I guess so. Damn. I mean, he... Like, that is some, like, silky, shiny hair there. Like, good job. It's kind of weird, I think, that they treat Ethel coming back as a big thing when Ethel didn't die. She just moved away during the time skip. Yeah, she just hasn't been around. (laughs) She's not dead. But... 
Milton's dead. <laughs> she she moved to North Carolina. She likes the weather there. Like, what what do you want? So over uh, with Veronica and the Reggies, mm-hmm. they're having a little thing of like back and forth of like, he's saying he's me. And he's like, no, there is no you because I'm me. And uh, first Reggie's like, I was here first. I'm Reggie Prime, baby. But the Reggie we've been following for years and years at this point it's replies, like, uh, you've been in like three issues. I've been in more. <laughs> And this is, like, something I didn't know I needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was Reggie's bickering. This is the best part of the episode, is the Reggie's. Uh, and Veronica's like, you need to fucking cut it out. It's bachelor, bachelor at night. Mm-hmm. And y'all need to fucking chill. And... <laughs> I love that this episode is so overstuffed that Archie marrying Betty, something that would be like an Archie comic story that makes the nightly news, at least on a slow day, uh, is the, the tiniest, most insignificant subplot. They, they, the Reggies go back and forth a bit. It was like, well, I'm going. Well, no, I'm going. Reggie Prime is like... You can go to the bachelor party. I'd much rather go to the bachelorette party. So we hard cut to the bachelorette party. With and this the magic mic music. Yes. Genuine's pony is blaring as Reggie, as Reggie Prime, original flavor Reginald, uh, is dressed as a cop and getting less dressed as a cop every moment. He is leading the strip show for Betty and it is glorious. Yeah, so the attendees of the bachelorette party are all of the girls of that generation, right? You know, Betty, Veronica, Tony, Tabitha. You, you know who's going to be here. Mm-hmm. Is it weird to have gone to high school with your bachelorette party stripper? Is that weird? I mean, they don't know they did. Or do they? Are they all like, you look strangely familiar. And Veronica's like, oh, yeah, you've just seen him around. <laughs> you know, he's one of those really popular strippers. Guess. I mean, we don't get, like, zoomed in on the other two strippers that are with him. So, like, how did they convince them to let Reggie Prime join the strip club? Also, is his stripper named Reggie Prime? <laughs> I have questions about how this worked. Like, you would think that uh, Reggie 2? Mm-hmm. Like, what are we calling him? Reggie 2, the, the new and improved Reggie. Yeah, Reggie 2.0. Um would want to be at the bachelorette party because he would also want a strip to be like, well, mine is better than yours and the ladies will like it more. But what if it's not? Uh, he's worried. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so so Reggie 2.0 uh, goes with the boys to the bachelor party at the casino, which is just like boring gambling while the ladies are like fucking getting it off. <laughs> My perfect bachelor party is definitely going to my fourth best friend's job. Right? (laughs) With other people? (laughs) Chilling to jazz music? (laughs) Losing money? So fun! Yeah, you think Reggie is turning off the, the, like, cheat scams for one night? No, he fucking isn't. No, he's turning them off. Absolutely not. It's like, I'm gonna steal your fucking money. He's taking Archie to the cleaners. Jughead uh, goes up to Archie, and Archie's like, you know, I just can't help thinking about my dad. We get flashes to that dream sequence wedding, 
Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. happened with with Fred there. The season two premiere, his coma dream. Yes, and Archie's like, you know, I just, I can't help but think that he'll show up and be smiling next to us at the wedding. All these returns and all Archie wants is the one that cannot happen. Yeah, it's really sad. So so then we go home to uh, Veronica and the Reggies. And Veronica is like... <laughs> Veronica and the Reggies <laughs> is my favorite doo-wop group. Right? And Veronica's definitely um, had a good night. <laughs> and she's like, hey. And she's excited to have an even better one. Reggie, or Reggie, what if you come dance with me? And so Reggie Prime does. And she's like, Reggie 2.0, like, come join us too. You know, we can have sweet things here with the three of us. It's not gay, bro. It's just like jerking off. It's not gay, I swear. Come on, bro. It's not gay. Like, come on. This is like my dream. My Reggie's. My dream is to get spit roasted by one man. (laughs) I thought it was impossible. (laughs) But my dream is coming true. (laughs) And uh, Reggie Prime is like, yeah, I'm down. And Reggie 2.0 is like, I don't share, even with myself. I'm so greedy, I cannot share with myself. And Veronica's like, God damn you both, neither of you can even handle me. So fuck <laughs> off, and like storms out. It's a good Veronica week, honestly. It is, it is. I love Reggie Prime being into it and Reggie 2.0 not because that is so very much their characters. Like how we used to talk about how there was slight changes in the Reggies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when, you know, the actors switch and like how much of like more of an asshole Reggie Prime was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like how much more he took advantage of yeah. women than yes. Reggie 2.0. And I think that goes in line with it, because he's like, yeah, this lady wants to suck my dick. Great. <laughs> now the Reggie's like, I fucking love you. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think it's great. <laughs> so the next day at school, everybody's hanging out in the lounge. Fucking hungover. Yes. Except Jughead, who did not drink because he is sober. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For some reason, Tabitha's there. She's not a teacher. Like, is she the lunch lady, too? Why is Tabitha here? She caters coffee? I don't know. <laughs> she has a little pop-up shop. The pops-up shop. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, what happened is, like, in the, their morning commute, she drives Jughead to school, drops him off, because it's on the way to Pops. But she's, like, got a headache so bad, she's like, babe, I'm stopping. I'm getting out here, too. <laughs> Fuck I'm this. gonna puke. <laughs> um... And so they're all, like, in their misery, and they're like, man, you remember when we were, like, teenagers, and we could just, like, be hungover, and we didn't have to go to work? Kevin's like, yeah, being a teacher sucks. It's Kevin's one line. Thank you very much, Kevin. That is a wrap on Mr. Keller. You know what? They could have had more lines if they had fucking Joaquin. (laughs) Opportunity. He was also friends with Midge. That, too. Cheryl comes rushing in. She she has a note mm-hmm. saying that from the Black Hood who is saying that he is going to kill her brother. And nobody in this room recognizes who the Black Hood is. Half of you read those books while Jughead watched. You idiots. There was 99 of them to get through. They just kind of skimmed. They only had to get through the first, like, 14 to see the Black Hood. Skimmed. Jughead... 
pulls Archie aside and he's like, hey, I know where Jason is. If things are repeating like they did in Riverdale, he's at the White Worm and we gotta go. Pay no mind to the fact that this White Worm and that White Worm are entirely separate buildings on entirely separate plots of land. Doesn't matter. White Worm. So they get Sheriff Keller and they go and Jason's there in the White Worm under Pops. Just like how Riverdale's Jason was held like in the cold storage of the White Worm before his dad shot him. And I'm over here like, hey, Tabitha, if you would have gone to work, you might have like, <laughs> but like, what do I know? And so the hood appears with a pizza for like one shot. Because then he gets shot, and then this pizza box is gone. I don't know what the fuck is <laughs> he, going on. He threw it. it. It just went flying. And you know what happened? Jughead caught it and ate it really fast. In midair. And then threw it in the trash before the next scene. You gotta get a high frame rate camera to even see that pizza go down. And uh, You thought the Breaking Bad pizza throw was impressive? You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> and so Jughead's voiceover is like, I knew that whoever was under that mask... It's probably not who who killed me. It's not who killed me. Because he's talking about like the bot, his body that's no, on he, the Lonely Highway. He thinks it, it is who killed him. He thinks that this Black oh. Hood must be the, the big bad of Rivervale and therefore his murderer. Ah, uh, yes. But he's like, you know what I know? It's not Hiram. Because Hiram's dead. Hiram is Riverdale's big villain. This is his chance to unmask Rivervale's big villain. And, and it's Clifford, because we're doing season one tributes. Yes. Uh, so then we go back to uh, Veronica and the Reggies. Mm -hmm. And the Reggies are fighting. <laughs> she opens the door to see them both in a mutual headlock. And just grunting. Grunting. Like, they've twisted their body to look like uh, a binoculars, basically. She's like, why the fuck aren't you dressed for the rehearsal? And immediately, <laughs> at the same time, they're like, he started it. And she's like, act like fucking adults or you're both grounded. And they're like, what? what? No, no fair. fair. <laughs> Little fucking babies. It's so good. It's so good. So, of course, the rehearsal dinner is being held at Pop's Chocolate Shop. And everybody's there, including the parents of the bride, Alice and Hal. Hal's alive. And not the hood, obviously. Clifford was the hood. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to start his speech, and he's like, A Alice introduces, like, you know, Betty's mar marrying the finest gentleman in Riverdale. And that's when you're like, oh, fuck, something's up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Hal's turn to speak. And before he can even, like, say a full sentence... Tony rushes in and cuts him off. Because she has terrible news, Cheryl has been strangled in bed. Uh, and so now everybody has to rush off to Thornhill to see this latest murder. No, no, not everyone. Just Betty and Jughead. Well, yeah, the important people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How bad do you not want to get married that you're letting your rehearsal get in? There are police in this town. There she, are other people. Sheriff Keller took the night off to attend the rehearsal. She, and couldn't she didn't get, want him to ruin his one night off of the month. What is the FBI's PTO plan? You can't get time off of your fucking wedding rehearsal. Um, and so Jughead's like, it's like Riverdale is trying to take over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he goes to see Dilton. 
he goes to see Dilton and he talks about how this, uh, he, he talks about his fears about, you know, the one universe taking over the other and how it's killing, quote, innocent people like Cheryl. Excuse me? Excuse what? Innocent people like Cheryl, huh? People are dying. And Dilton's like, yes, it's glorious. <laughs> so now the wheels are turning and Jughead's like, ah, maybe this is the big bad of Rivervale. Some sort of amoral scientist who wants to watch the world burn as long as he can publish his notes afterward. And Dilton's like, yeah, I needed to see what would happen if things stayed conjoined. And what I found out is they're going to implode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's great. And I, I wanted a front row seat to it, and I'm getting it. And Dilton starts doing an evil laugh, and then he starts foaming at the mouth. And Ethel's like, yep, I stuck poison into his grape juice. <laughs> so yeah, he dies of the blue poison, essentially. The blue poison from the the uh, Griffins and Gargoyles chalices. Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's good. It's good. But now, yes, Ethel is willing to kill in order to, to serve the greater good. That's my Ethel. Because she believes that they have to do something because if they don't, they'll lose both ta- both places. Both parallel universes will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she thinks she knows how to save the prime one, which is Riverdale. We get a lot of talk about what a universe is, and universes seem to have powerful intentions in in this sort of conception. But setting that aside, uh, uh, Ethel is talking about how universes expand. It is in their nature to do, right? Uh, just look at the Hubble constant. There you go. Universes expand. And so we're getting to a point where they have expanded to the point they are overlapping. If Two points extend into circles. Eventually, they will become a Venn diagram. And that is the stage we're in now. And if they overlap each other, they'll become unstable. And then everyone inside either one dies. Yes. It's bad. Um, So then we cut over to Veronica calling out for her Reggie's. Mm-hmm. And she finds them both dead. And she immediately calls them morons. Because <laughs> she's like, when I said settle this... I didn't mean with a duel. Because they have both collapsed right alongside one another, each one holding a gun and with a bullet wound right between the eyes. Yes. They clearly walked three paces, fired, and fell down. Because they are way closer than ten paces, I tell you what. They were both trying to be the sneaky one. Yes. And fire early. They were both exactly as sneaky. Because they're the same person. It's so good. Um, so back with Ethel and Jughead, mm-hmm. she says that the way to fix this all is that they need to recreate the moment this was made. And if they recreate it, it might fix it all. It, it will collapse Rivervale and allow Riverdale to, to live on. Jughead's like, okay, so when the bomb exploded and she's like, I don't think that's enough. And he's like, no, 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 hear me out. This is bullshit. Everything like, he's about to say. It, it. Archie and Betty's love is good, and Hiram is the evil. Mm-hmm. And, and, his, and his hate, and it's creation and destruction because the bomb is uh-huh. destructive, but I was right next door writing, writing a novel. Also, it's science because Archie had a piece of, a piece of palladium on his desk. Fuck and, you! And magic because Cheryl had her curse on the town. 
Palladium is not like the avatar of the force of science. It's a rock. It's a chunk of metal. And Ethel's like, yeah, you know what? Actually, I think that might be enough. If we recreate all that, this will work. We can save Riverdale. Rivervale will cease to exist. So that's what we should do, because if we do nothing, both cease to exist. And so she's like, all we need to do is detonate a bomb under Archie's bed. With Betty and Archie in it. And Jughead's like, mm, oh, see, that's going to be hard because they're kind of busy tonight so getting he, married. So he's like, well, what about if it's me and Veronica? We are their counterparts, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, I like, mean, that makes sense. Betty and Veronica, Archie and Jughead. There you go. Yeah. And we get the, like, this random, like, flashback to when um they kissed. In the, the sauna? On like a dare? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like oh look, we were together once. Except you weren't. That was totally like a dare and neither of you liked it and you wiped your mouths after. It was you, gross. A boy. You, a girl. And when we cut back to, you know, the narrative proper, uh, Ethel has a look on her face that kind of says, mm, that's not who I was hoping you were going to say, bud. Oh, uh, like me, like we'd make out in the could, bed you while know, getting exploded. My dying wish. It's my last chance, Jughead. Come on. So Jughead is Come on. I'm dying here, Jughead. So Jughead rushes off to Veronica. I drove all the way from <laughs> North Carolina, Jughead. Come on. So he rushes off to Veronica and she's like, okay, so if we. Sit on top of a bomb. We won't die, but we will cease to exist. And that's better because this parallel universe that we're not sure exists will survive. And he's like, yeah. And the seven billion people that inhabit it. Let's think big picture here. Come on. And he's like, Riverdale is this place that needs to live. They have like milkshakes and serial killers and musicals and cults and board games and nuns. Murder nuns. Murder nuns. It's the prima donna of universes. And remember, Jughead still thinks River Vale is the dark, twisted <laughs> one. And so Veronica's like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's make out to save the universe. Um... <laughs> Can we do it during the wedding? Because, like, I'm not really feeling it because my Reggie's died. And uh, Jughead's like, yeah, sure, works for me, too. I really don't want to go to that You're wedding either. You're the best either. man! You're the best man! And Veronica's like, well, here's to Vighead? Vughead? Here's to Vughead being canon. And she takes a big old drink just to make that word fall out of her mouth. Vughead. Vughead. Vughead is worse than Jugatha. They're all bad. There's not a good one. Not well, I like I like Bughead. It's mm-hmm. cute. And it sounds like a really creepy Halloween mask. So Jughead is waiting in the appointed place in Archie's living room for uh his his partner to arrive. I guess she had to go run a few errands on the way. Yeah. And so he's looking through the yearbook, feeling nostalgic for a life that's, like, not even his. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, he, the door opens and he thinks it's Veronica, but no, 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 it is Archie. And Archie's like, dude, you know, when you didn't show for my fucking wedding, I knew you were doing something stupid, like separating the universes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Archie has come to kill Jughead. Everybody is willing to, to, to kill in order to do what they think is best. So uh, Archie's like, here's the deal. Ronnie's not coming. I killed her. Uh-huh. We cut to a shot of him strangling her. Everybody's dying. Everybody gets their turn to die. Uh, and he's like, here's the deal. I had to kill her because you told her the truth about the universe. And that's when it clicks for Jughead is that Archie has been the killer all along. He mm -hmm. has been the Rivervale uh, murderer, strangling everyone, including other Jughead. And, and Jughead's like, how, Archie? How could you do such a thing? And Archie's like, no, 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 no. Bra, bra, bra. It's cool, it's cool. Nobody stays dead here. Everyone comes back to life in this universe. And that's when Jughead's like, this is about your dad. Yep. Yes, it is. It's the most, like, tragic uh, motivation they could give him. And I don't... It works because it's impossible. And it's impossible because of real life events. And I don't like that they're touching those events for, for TV drama. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I don't like that they did it. I do feel like this is the only way you could make Archie like a straight up murderer, though. Yeah. Like there's yeah. nothing else that would lead him to do this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean we should have gone there. <laughs> Like, I appreciate that it solves all of the puzzles, you know, it, it, everything falls together. It works. It absolutely works. But I, I liked it better when over the last 50 episodes or so, that was off limits and everybody respected it. Yeah. So, uh, Archie is, is just goes off on a tangent about how, yes, this is about his dad. His dad's coming back. His dad wouldn't miss his wedding, and mm -hmm, he is just, mm -hmm. we, we can't end the universe because this is a place where his dad could exist. And even if there's just like 0.00001% chance, he's not letting that go. This is the only time Archie has done math in his whole <laughs> life. Jughead's like, dude, no, everyone's going to die and your dad can't come back. And that's when Archie flips it on a fucking coffee table. Yes, yes. And they just fucking start pummeling each other. Jughead's definitely not winning. Um, <laughs> well, no. Archie killed Bear Man. One of the Archies did. And uh, when you're like, oh, no, there's no hope. Jughead's going to die again. Uh, Archie is shot in the back. And as he falls, we see that it is Betty in her wedding dress. Yep. Bride with a gun. Here to save the day. And she's like, never leave a Cooper woman at the altar, because we will fucking murder you. <laughs> uh, and she tells Jughead that when Archie stood her up, something just clicked, and she knew she needed to get there. Mm -hmm, she knew mm -hmm. she needed to be here. So Jughead's like, okay, here's the plan. We need to make out and die for the good of the world. And she's like, okay. Yeah, all right, why not? They... Make out on Archie's bed with the bomb ticking. They set up the bomb. Uh, the bomb in the season five finale was like red TNT tubes, very cartoony. But the bomb now is green bricks of C4. Well, she didn't have sticks of dynamite lying around. Yeah, she's not an old prospector. <laughs> Ver Veronica could get her hand on the good stuff. 
So in order to, like, complete the spell and perform the deep magic, they have to start making out like it's the old days. (laughs) So then, as they're making out, there is a knock on the door. And uh, other Jughead comes in. The dead Jughead, because nobody stays dead in this world, is back. And it's narrator Jughead. It's our first four Rivervales narrator Jughead. And he's like, so here's the deal. We need to disarm that bomb because I think there's a way to do this without destroying you both. So Betty, can you get on that? And Betty's like, I don't know how to disarm a bomb. And he's like, yeah, you do. So snap, he, snap. So he just like flips up like, what is it? Season four, episode three's issue or whatever. When Betty uh, disarmed the bomb strapped to her sister's chest. Yes. And then she's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I do know how to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's also the episode where uh, the, the cult leader launched himself into space. So they have a little chat. They could have also brought Edgar They could have brought Well, Edgar's not dead. So neither was Ethel. Okay. You know, I got no excuses. So they have a little chat and they're like, well, where'd you go when you died? And he's like, oh, I was at the great Pops chocolate shop in the sky. Because Pops is heaven. Heaven is Pops, but an especially 50s Pops. And this is the sequence where they used all the the 50s throwback costumes. And it's so good. And that version of Pops is also a comic book store, and it is constantly playing an instrumental version of Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Yes. And it is also an all-you-can-eat restaurant Mm -hmm. on the house, of course. It is literally everything of Jughead's dreams. So narrator Jughead is just, like, picking Riverdale and Rivervale issues off of the rack, while bottomless burgers are are brought to him by Pop Tate every few minutes. And, And everyone's there. Uh, literally there. everyone that's been in this episode. So Dilton's there, Ethel's there, uh, the rest of the gang. Dilton has oh. a little propeller beanie that his long, luxurious hair is tucked up inside, I yes, guess. Yes, All All the costumes are, like, for those that have, like, been in, like, these throwback scenes before, it's all the stuff they've worn before, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is great. So uh, Jughead, the narrator, explains that, you know, he was going through the comics and he came across one that was between issue 95 and 96 that bridged the gap from Riverdale to Rivervale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, in reviewing that, it, uh, it became clear that if you separated the universes, everyone would die. If, if you separate the universes, everybody in Rivervale would die. Unless Rivervale found a new power source to continue on its own power. And so uh, he realized what that new power source could be, and he resurrected, and he came here, and here's what it is. Power source is imagination. One little spark. Fuck off. Get out of here with that shit. Imagine me. He's like, there's no fuel that's more potent than imagination. Suck my dick, Jughead. Get out of here. (laughs) I love how upset you are by this. It's so bad. You're just so upset about it being imagination and creativity. You wanted it to be like blood and gore. The first four River Vales are all very occult, very supernatural, mystical, ghosts and devils and shit. Yeah. 
And the, f- the fifth River Vale is going for science fiction, but without the science fiction. It tries to rely on a, a mystic, uh, a sympathetic sort of... It, it's hippie sci-fi? Where if we all just think real hard, we can attune our vibrations. They don't even go through the motions of justifying it with any quantum buzzwords, which are fucking the easiest thing in the world to do. Everybody's doing it. You don't think um, his saying of, well, think about it. Explosion is destruction and the opposite is creation. That doesn't mean anything. It's nothing. And so uh, Jughead, the narrator, explains that Jughead, the writer, is going to become a battery by creating. And he is going to write. And as long as he keeps writing, Riverdale will live. Narrator Jughead is so happy to explain his plan to seal writer Jughead in the sex hole. He even mimes the, like, uh, uh, crank of the, the door valve to lock him in while smiling. And Betty is like, what the fuck? <laughs> but Jughead, the writer, is like, it's fine. I'll do this. This makes complete sense. Yes, lock me in the sex hole. I will write for the rest of eternity. If he it's gets fine. If he gets writer's block, everyone in the world dies. <laughs> no pressure. Jughead the narrator is just like so giddy the fuck out about this. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. I know it might seem a little mean, but like no one can see two Jugheads walking around. So like this is the only solution. So writer Jughead, the Jughead we've been following inside Rivervale all along. Although, I guess none of Rivervale counts because the first four episodes were all a fucking dream. He goes down into the sex hole and he's, you know, threads his paper and he starts talking about Betty and Jughead, who is now narrator Jughead, coming from outside of the story to in. They sort of swapped places in their positionality to the events. And so they are sitting on Archie's bed with the bomb. This is when uh, Archie in the living room reanimates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a mission to stop Jughead. And all of this is being described by Jughead's voice typed on Jughead's typewriter down in the sex hole. Yes. As Archie does yet another shining tribute, uh, uh, trying to break down the door, not with an axe, but with a baseball bat. Well, Jughead the narrator is like, hey, Cooper haven't called Betty Cooper in so long. Uh, Whatever happens, we will face it together. And she's like, okay, Jughead version I've never met before. Let's make out on this bed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As the the clock ticks down and then it just doesn't go off. And uh, (laughs) the pounding on the door ceases. Yeah. And the storm has passed them by. So Betty and Jughead, the only Jughead she's ever known now in this momentary veil over the eyes, come downstairs in different clothes. Very confused. And they are greeted by everyone around the table. All Uh, having Paschettis. And they're like, hey, we were just going to come get you. What were you guys doing up there? And they have no idea what they were doing up there. Just inviting the whole town over for spaghetti. Tabitha's like, oh, you know Jughead. He becomes such a space cadet when he's writing. Uh, And Archie's like, well, it's okay, Betty. Your spaghetti is getting so cold. Come eat spaghetti, Betty. 
I'm okay. I'm not saying that everybody should be paranoid and jealous. I'm just saying that these two had a wild love affair for years. <laughs> Nobody knew where they are. They come down the stairs together with rumpled clothes and blank, guilty expressions, and nobody has follow up questions. And no excuse of where they were or what no they were. No alibi doing. whatsoever. Everyone's like, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> Don't ruin my spaghetti party with your wild accusations. Jughead writing uh, lets us know that, you know, they will soon start moving Jughead's stuff to the apartment, which includes the comic book collection he forgot about. The same comic book collection that will one day save him. So Jughead, pleased with himself, cracks his knuckles, writer Jughead, that is, in the sex hole, and Ethel is there as his assistant to bring him a steady supply of burgers so he can keep the worlds turning. So I guess this is Ethel and Jughead being together in some world, because Ethel's the only one that's stuck by mm-hmm, Jughead's mm-hmm. stuck in the bunker. She went from teaching assistant to writing assistant, sure, sure. Is she sealed in, in there for life as well? I don't know. Is this truly still a sex hole? Possibly. <laughs> and so she's like, Jughead, tell me, what happened in Riverdale Prime? Meanwhile, uh, uh, back in Riverdale, and we cut to Betty and Archie making out on the bed. Mm-hmm. And there, there's... Archie saying, do you hear that? And it's a bomb ticking and a cell phone going off. But the bomb ticking like fades out as the cell phone ringing grows louder. So Betty answers her phone and a voice I do not recognize. Do you recognize this voice? The, it, the, the, it is altered and, uh, and uh, very crackly. And it sounds like it's crackly and it's cutting in and out, almost like it's coming from another universe. Whoa. Uh, it's like, you need to get out of the house. You have to get out of the house now. There's a bomb under the bed. Get out. Go now. So Betty's like, we have to get out. Go now. <laughs> and they do. And then we cut to Jughead in Archie's garage, typing away on his typewriter as the bomb goes off and explodes the windows. And uh, uh, he's left, like, sort of, like, shaking the shock off, making sure there's no glass in his hair with, with this tinnitus wine. And the sound design implies that Jughead is deaf now. Yes. We'll see how long that lasts, but at least for a moment, Jughead has lost his sense of hearing. And that is the end of the episode. We'll see you in March. Yep. It's the end of Rivervale. It's the end of 2021's Riverdale. And uh, yeah, chapter 101 will not be dropping until Sunday, the 6th of March. Sunday? It's a Sunday show now, or it, it will be. Like, what the fuck? Sunday, Sunday, be there. Are they hoping it gets canceled? Because I feel like you put shows on Sunday when you want them to get canceled. Is that true in the age of streaming? Everybody just watches it when they're going to watch it. I mean, I guess there's that now. It used to be. It used to be you kind of put like... I mean, it was Friday that killed shows. A lot of shows that I liked aired on Fridays. (laughs) So, darling, what did you think of episode 100? You know, whenever Roberto is is back in, in the driver's seat, we get an episode and a half that still fits into 42 minutes somehow. <laughs> Every time. There's so much. And I think the problem is, is no one's there to be like, hey, buddy, chill. And as Because he's the boss. And as much as I enjoyed uh, uh, the Rivervale that was leading up to this week, 
I have to think it might have been more fun if this was more of Rivervale. If it if this was a slow burn, if we had more of the uncanny doubling, if it wasn't all schmooshed together in this jumbo-sized bursting at the seams episode. This it was just it's so much. It's very strange because this episode doesn't feel like it fits with the episodes that came before. No, no, with not at the all. Darkness and the the theming and everything, and especially with like the whole lead up to Sabrina, and then like nothing fucking happens with that. Mm-hmm. Also, like when are we getting the battle of good and evil and pops? What the yeah, fuck? I thought yeah. that's what was going to happen today. Never, absolutely never, are we going to get the the. Are we going to get Armageddon in the chocolate shop? You know what I'll get before that? I'll get Kevin dealing with the loss of Joaquin. (laughs) Which is never. I will never fucking get that. There are things about this episode I really liked. Like, the Reggies. Fucking love the Reggies. Yeah, The Reggies are fucking great. Jughead, um processing all of this and like walking through the school halls and like the flashback of you know the different characters mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh the different types of throwback stuff they put in really mm-hmm. fun really great those easter eggs for people who've been watching super fun and the the first four river veils are not unnecessary to this one i think it is important to show all those characters who died undeading in order to set up Archie's motivation, the return of narrator Jughead. I mean, just the fun idea of having a parallel world where there, that has a narrator, and then that narrator becoming a real character who, I mean, I love Into the Woods. We all know I love Into the Woods. They did an Into the Woods, and I'm happy about it. But Think about what this episode would have been like if it was focused on Jughead trying to figure out what was happening, perhaps going on a journey of with the comics and realizing like, oh my God, the comics are reflecting what's going on and like getting to the point where the pages are blank. Think about what that would have been like if that's where it ended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if that that was like a cliffhanger of like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh-huh, like, how uh-huh. are we going to solve this? You just add, you know, Jughead Paradox Part 2 is the new uh, uh, chapter 100. Or, or like... 101 episode 101 or something yeah the a new dawn for yeah yeah like i'm just trying to think of like okay how could they have turned it into more of like kind of the horror aspects that were in other episodes and like think about all that if he's walking through the school and seeing all these different people and these different flashbacks of okay there's young us and there's old us and there's this and there's that and he really it travels down that like rabbit hole of he thinks he's losing his mind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everyone around him thinks he's losing his mind and doesn't believe him for a whole lot longer actually just the small change that, that you mentioned of pulling it into the realm of like mystic doubles and like magic parallel stuff take, taking the science fiction language out of it mm-hmm. would go a long way because then science and magic colliding and the duality of creation and destruction and the electrifying force of imagination itself like that wouldn't feel like such an ass pull if they didn't start in we're going to talk to the physics teacher to explain this in terms of the scientific literature he's read yeah what a fucking research project for a high school science teacher, though, right? <laughs> I'm going to watch the universe die and publish on that. Fuck you. I don't have a budget. 
Cornell University ain't got nothing on Riverdale High. Here's where, like, dude, you're all like, I, I had to research this. I had to know. You no read one, one book. You read one book. No one's going to know, though, that you researched this. You will be dead. Everyone will be dead. He'll stick it in a teeny pocket universe that is a life raft that'll pop and make it back into Riverdale. Oh. Yeah. That, yeah. That's Ethel's job. She's she's working on getting that going. Yeah. Yeah. I've been saying a lot of things. This this is a good episode. This is maybe my third favorite of the five Rivervale episodes. It, and as a whole, I've been enjoying Rivervale quite a bit, honestly. Yeah. Like, it was really fun. Yeah, a yeah. a lot, like, oh my god, talk, what we were saying about, like, how you lost all sense of time during this episode, it's fucking trip. It's a yeah. fucking trip. It's a delirious experience. Could, could they have done better? Yeah. Yeah. Did I enjoy it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what is another missed opportunity in this? Mm-hmm. To show what parallel Riverdale's musicals would have been. But then Kevin would have to have two lines. Which would be far too much. <laughs> He's supposed to be like a main actor on this fucking show. He had some of the first lines in the whole show. Mm-hmm. While we're doing season one tributes, can we remember that, please? That boy talked more before he became like a regular. That's true. That's actually true. He became a regular. And his part shrank. And they stopped doing shit with him. What the fuck? That's, that's got to be one of a kind. I, I feel mean, like didn't didn't like Sweet Pea technically like his his role get up to, and now he's just fucking off the show. He was in the diner, the diner in the sky. I know he's in pictures. Then he's he must have been in there. I don't remember seeing him, but they didn't spend a lot of time zooming in on everyone. For predictions, just go re-listen to our uh, Chapter 95 episode, because, you know, we're going back to Riverdale. Those are still valid. Uh, <laughs> yep. Just one extra prediction. They are going to forget that Kevin had dreams at the end of that episode. We're just not going to talk about his his trip to New York. We're not going to talk about anything at all from that episode. So let's talk about what we do know is coming at us on Sunday, March 6th. The title has not yet been announced, but there was a season six return trailer. Uh, this, I'm, I'm guessing, is a lot of bits from the first four or five episodes uh, uh, in, you know, chapters 101 through 103 to 105. Yeah. So what we know is Betty is going to go after TVK. And arrest him in Sketch Alley, apparently. Uh, Cheryl is going to put a curse on the gang. I mean, she she already has, but it involves these little felt dolls she's made of them. She, she, she got little, like, poppet voodoo doll things, and they all got little clothes, and Jughead one has a really cute little Jughead crown. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, They're fucking adorable, and if someone sold those, I would own them. I would love it if Jughead sees his and is like, Cheryl, I buried that hat in a... (laughs) In a time capsule. I haven't worn that in eight years, Cheryl. Uh, and she's like, it is a part of your soul. You can't <laughs> escape it. Also, it's the only way the magic knows how to reach you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Real Housewives crew appears. Yes, her, but also Hermione Lodge. Like, they're, they're a package deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Britta is in a chair surrounded by fire. 
And as part of a spell, or maybe Britta has magic fire powers, all of these candles just shoot up like flamethrowers. Yeah. And there are some shots of what I can only assume are Hiram Lodge's funeral. Who's gonna fucking kill him? <laughs> the disease. Maybe it was real all along. <laughs> what if it wasn't, but then he got it? Because he spent too long pretending he was sick. He died from eating too much Ben and Jerry's and watching The Real Housewives. <laughs> and that is what we know. That's what we know. We will see you in the beginning of March with this brand new schedule. I just got used to Tuesdays. Right? And now we gotta do this on Mondays. I mean, at least I normally don't work evenings on Mondays, I guess. It's rare. <laughs> uh, so so we will see how that works out. We, we got a few months... We've got a few ideas for uh, uh, bonus episodes. We'll see if they materialize. You know how it goes. But at the very least, you can still follow along with all of our Riverdale thoughts on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Uh, you also have plenty of time to finally leave us that rating and review wherever you listen to our podcast. Right? Right? You've got three months. You've got three months. You also have three months to tell your friends. It shouldn't take that long. How many friends do you have? You, you don't have to describe all 100 episodes of the show. Just sort of stick to the, the bullet points. And then be like, go experience it yourself. <laughs> Other things you can do in the next three months are listen to other things I've made. Yeah. Uh, very recently, I, I uh, guested for the second time on the Mechanista in G podcast from uh, Scanline Media, where they talk about a bunch of robots. And we talked about bug bots uh, <laughs> from the Aura Battler Dunbine franchise. Uh, it's the best. It's really cool. I had a lot of fun. I made I'm, one. I'm coming back for a part two to talk about to talk about even more mechs from Dunbine. Uh, I don't know when that'll happen because we haven't recorded it yet. yet. But uh, the part one I'm talking about went up on December 13th. You'll find it. Had a great time. Looking forward to, to finishing off with them. But also, of course, there's Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die. We are we are now one-third through Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. And if you want to hear about kids getting up to some supernatural trouble, but mostly dealing with high school problems and also serial killers. And if you're a Sex Archie listener, I think you're into that sort of thing. You are going to love uh, uh, us talking about uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. I sure love talking about it. Uh, I have a, so much fun making uh, that show and this one, but this this is the one going on a break, so... <laughs> so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie... I'm Reggie Prime, baby. I'm just a bachelor. I'm looking for a partner. Someone who knows how to ride without even falling off. Gotta be compatible. Takes me to my limits. Girl, when I break you off, I promise you won't want to get off. If you're horny, let's do it. Ride it, my pony. My saddle's waiting. Come and jump on it. 
If you're horny, let's do it. <laughs> Ride it, my pony. My saddle's waiting. Come and jump on it. Sitting here flossing, peeping your stilo. Just once if I have the chance, the things I would do to you, you, and your body. Every single portion sends chills up and down your spine, juices flowing down your thigh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. If we're going to get nasty, baby, first we'll show and tell. Till I reach your ponytail, oh, lurk all over and through you, baby. Until we reach the stream, you'll be on my jockey team, oh. If you're horny, let's do it. Ride it, my pony. My saddle's waiting. Come and jump on it. 